When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. There's going to be a lot of debate today about the calls. Even I was sitting there with my father-in-law today. He doesn't watch any league, but he could even see the one-eyed kind of <laughs> officiating that was going on in Australia. And, and the one thing about this, the one thing about this, it, it's not only just that game. There's been four or five years of it happening. Four or five years. Four or five, of, five of years. Oh, mate, I was telling Louie. Mate, I was telling it's happened Louis. forever. Yeah, I was telling Mate, I used to get roasted for... Uh, having a crack saying we're not getting Conspiracy any 50 calls. But back in the <laughs> back in my day, when I phoned um, Robert Finch at half time, that one I told you about with Ivan sitting next to me yeah, in the box, yeah. like we have never got the 50-50s and ever, and like I never even said this on the on the station yesterday, but if ever you wanted to have a look at 50-50 calls, for Noah Blake's 50-50 call when they mm. when, when Colin stripped it, Okay, he had his hand that on was the a hand. He had his hand yep. on the ball and he pulled it away. I think it was I think it was Collins. It was it was a 50-50 call that should have went with the attacking player. The very sick the very next set and they get up to play the ball, mm. the Warriors and yes, he puts his he puts his foot in the way there. Um the center, Pompe. uh, Adam Pompey accidentally and they don't get the 50-50 call. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm sick of it. Like the the very <laughs> next set of six, it's like you, you guys are kidding. So mm. I, I thought Nathan Brown Louis would absolutely go off in the conference, but you know I think same. I, yeah, I think I think um, Nathan Brown was sort of you know when you listen to the the press conference, I think Nathan Brown was more around. We sort of again, it's another one that we should have really won that game. They should have locked it up in the first half. They had the majority of the possession. You know, the penalty count was their way. The Roosters were well out of sorts. They should have put more points on them. So it uh, be interesting to hear what Cameron George has to say about the refereeing because he, he'll let me, I'm, I'm dead set sure he'll make a point about the refs and the, and the 50-50 calls. Mm. What do you reckon, Louie? I know you were fuming oh. yesterday afternoon. Oh, I was fuming, mate. I was, I was following fuming. Twitter. Twitter was flying. Uh, yeah. You're an old guy. I <laughs> was saying some great things on Twitter. I loved it. <laughs> Belt was up and about, eh? He was... Yeah, he had it. He had it dialed in. Everybody, look, I, I've been pretty skeptical about the Warriors faithful. I, I'm a big Warriors fan, but I'm not one of what I'd call the Warriors faithful because you know there's a real like difference. Like there's like the Warriors, mm. Warriors faithful, oh, yeah. and they the Cyclops. Yeah, and I've always been pretty skeptical about that kind of. Um, oh yeah, we get the rough end of the stick. Like we're just the Kiwis. There's no consequence, so they can just riff against us when we play teams like Melbourne or um, Roosters or um, Broncos. You know the glamour teams. I always thought that was just a bit skeptical. Like, I was a bit skeptical of that kind of conspiracy theory. 
But there's been a few times where I've watched them and I've gone, oh, yeah, this is pretty hard to justify. And yesterday, Ikempi just laid it out beautifully. And in between those two ruck infringements, or one that was, one that wasn't, <laughs> there was actually a forward pass and a knock-on as well. In, in NRL, if the ball hits the ground off a hand, even if it goes obviously backwards, they call it a knock-on. It's like any time, mm. unless it's really, like, really, really throwing it backwards, it's a knock-on and... And the and the big one actually is that we scored a try. Jesse Arthur scored a try. It was a strip. Ball's gone backwards. It's gone. Kick, it's been kicked by a knee forward, and yep. he's there on side, and he scored a try. And it's hard to cop. So I did feel bad for the Warriors fans yesterday, and uh, felt bad for everybody that stood by the club. Nathan Brown in the press conference, I expected him to go berserk. For whatever reason, I maybe Brownie knows it's not good for his team, and it wouldn't have been good. Definitely for, not good for his bank account. Not good for his bank account. <laughs> Adam Fanua Blake was sitting next to him and looked absolutely disgusted. He was so he was so sick of it. But Nathan Brown picked his words very carefully. This is him talking about the game, what went wrong, and then the back end of this, they have some chat about the referees and. Yeah, this is what I'd call, call controlling your emotions very, very well. Yeah, we didn't start the second half so well, did we? Like, you know, and I thought, you know, probably the biggest thing was, is, you know, we probably didn't, our attack didn't probably, you know, their line sweep was pretty consistent for the contest. You know, we just didn't play enough football, you know, so they sort of certainly won the yardage game and we spent a lot of time on our trial line and, you know, they got... You know, they got some pretty fair kick targets there with, you know, Tupu and Young Sawali and Joey Mano and that. And, yeah, you know, I thought we defended our goal line apart from you know, the odd occasion. You know, we defend it pretty well against some good players, but you keep defending your goal line against them blokes. You know, the kicks become dangerous because their targets are are pretty special sort of targets. What happened with the attacker? It looked good in that first half, first twenty. We just didn't play enough footy. I said we did. The credit to them, their line sweep was very good, and we didn't adapt to it very well at all. You know, we didn't adjust to it at all. So. You know, and they'd obviously get some good lessons out of it because you know their line sweep was pretty good and consistent. And as I said, we just didn't adapt to it very well. And then we played a fair bit of one-out football. And you know, one-out football and hit-up football is not going to beat sides like the Roosters. Can I mention that, that, sorry, oh, yeah. can mention that um, Fletcher Baker ruling when they said it was a, wasn't a strip and it was a... Oh, look, who knows? You know, obviously, you know, if we could have poked our nose in front, who knows what would have happened? I don't really know, you know, but, you know, it was... I'm, that decision was one of those 50-50 ones. I'm not certainly not here. I'm not going to come. Yeah, it was one of those ones. If it, we got it, I'd have said great. If we didn't get, it, I'm not going to say that. It was one of those ones, you know. And you know, I thought, you know, when you're the aggressor like they were, they, you know, you tend to get things. You know, that's, you know, they probably deserved it from that point of view. With some stuff, you know, some few things that went their way. When you're the aggressor and you're on the front foot, you know, you probably should get the. You should get your 50-50 calls, and you know, I'm certainly the, the referee's not why we're sitting there on the losing side. You know, we've got some things we need to worry about ourselves. What did you make of the, the other incident? Was with the Pompey foot and the Angus Crichton? I think Adam was. Yeah, look, yeah, yeah. I'm not here to talk about those things. You know, I'm more interested in talking about the game. You know, to be honest with you, and what we need to what we need to do to do better, and and what we need to do to get out of the game so that next time we play, you know, a side like the Roosters, a club like the Roosters, that, you know, if we do start well, that we can, you know, keep going with it. You know, we, we didn't quite get our game right long enough today and those things happened in the game and we defended, you know, off the back of Ads' Ads's one and then uh, uh, Pompey or Wetsy's one. Again, we defend our goal line. Well, our goal line has been going pretty good for most of the year and we our defence kept us in the game, you know. It was you know, the way we probably... Attacked at times didn't help us get back down the other end enough. Well, 
That is what I would call very, very choice words and not the sort of choice words you'd expect. Is he Nathan Brown has kind of bitten his tongue there. And I don't know, Adam Fenella Blacks said looked filthy next to him. Like, can we just get stuck in here? But I don't know what the right what the right theory is there, but how careful are his words? Very, very, very careful. And um yeah, I was shaking my head throughout that entire thing. I couldn't hear, believe what I was hearing. But um, look, uh, it's, in all honesty, in all, in all honesty, like he's he's probably right with some of the things he was saying. Like the, the one things that they can control uh, were the things that they've been doing extremely well for the last couple of weeks, and they never really got to it. I think completing their sets. I don't know the percentages, Uncle. You probably know that for me, but I just think they they probably lacked that, uh, particularly. Uh, in that middle period or middle period of the first half when they were just getting a little bit sloppy after that fantastic start. So there are some things that they can control, but there needs to be some questions asked. And, and in all honesty, they're not going to get any answers. Like the rest in, in the NRL, they're not going to come out and slate their own referees because it's not a good look on the game and you're not seeing a good precedence. But going forward, this hasn't been the first time that's happened, and that's why I can't believe it like for Nathan yes he is a new coach he's probably been on the other side of the green so he knows exactly what's going on when he's coached against the Warriors and he's got those calls so he, <laughs> he probably knows deep down what was happening but now for the faithful you spoke about the faithful out there the fans that have been on the on the train for so many years since 02 you know like the, the other ones that are hurting because this ain't the first time this ain't the second time this has been going on for a very very long time and something needs to change here yeah, and look, it was. Let's take the occasion too. You know, it was was a a um, I guess a, a celebration of the two thousand and two grand final when they they had the jerseys on. You looked in the grandstand, well, we all the old off boys too, were. Yeah, the, I've got a couple of those. Um, <laughs> you had all the boys from the eastern suburbs side in the grandstand, so they were up. They meant to be up for the game. I think there's two points for me when you listen to Nathan in that conversation there. One of them, he was dead set filthy. Okay, that's that's the reason the monotone and the down the, like the, the talking down he didn't want to really get into it because he wanted to get back into the changing rooms and and start to really think about where does he go from here. He was, he was dead set filthy. The second part of it is that from a coaching point of view you need a strategy. And if the strategy like that referee will get the sack this week, I guarantee you he's not, he's not refereeing first grade this week. Okay, he made four very big mm. errors, two 50-50 calls. But the Jesse Arthur's try, the knock-on by um, Nakwama, where they scored off the next play, and the forward pass to Nakwama when he scored in the corner, that they're sackable offences, and they need to be held accountable. But the but the coach and the club need a strategy around those 50-50 calls. I think you can take that call to the line. Like you can't have a crack at the referees, is he? That's we know that. It's a ten thousand dollar fine. Mm. But you can actually say, mm. hey. I'm going to go to Annesley tomorrow, or I'm going to go to the, if he saw the referee's boss, I'm going to go to Annesley tomorrow, and I want answers. I want answers on why they made those calls, and we never got this one, and they got this one. And did you, you guys There's tell me. There's got to be an investigation into this. Yeah. But, but, you know, the thing with that is that not only the strategy doesn't just say, look, we're going to challenge the referees, but it gets your fans up. So when you do come home, the fans start to really question the referees and get on the referees' back, and it gives you that home ground advantage. So, being passive in this situ- situation for me is not the best thing for Nathan Brown. Everyone knows that we're not getting the 50-50 calls and we need a better strategy to make sure those referees are delivering them for us. After months on the road, the Wellington Phoenix homecoming didn't quite have the fairy tale ending. Nick's faithful were hoping for a 4-0 
defeat at the hands of Central Coast. Might not have been have been fairly represented the match, but will be disappointing for the side as they try and stake their claim as a true finals team. David Choate is a former Orwai, and he joins us now on the show. Morning, Chody. Yeah, morning, Izzy. You're quite right. Uh, the Wellington Phoenix didn't really show up. They sing about the wind, the rain, and the Phoenix. Well, there was no wind, no rain, <laughs> almost no Phoenix. A little bit harsh because it was probably better than four. Probably better than four. Yeah, mate. Four nil against Central Coast, who were yeah probably mid mid to the bottom of the of the of the ladder, and they're up against the Phoenix, who have been yeah you trajecting know, in, in a nice little way. They've been performing well overseas. What what do you think? It was a bit of emotions got better of them being home, eighteen thousand fans supporting them. What what do you reckon the case was for the scoreline? Funny old game, really, because they came out of the blocks well. Um, probably at the end of the first half, sitting one nil down, we were saying the better side was was the Phoenix in the first forty five. I think that would be fair. Second half not so. Changed their shape at half time. Didn't work for them. They've been thumped by the uh, Central Coast uh, a couple of weeks ago or 10 days back. Um, so sort of the side that knew that they had goals in them and knew how to beat the Phoenix. And they, they unpicked them in the second half. Uh, in the end, the fourth goal coming late, an extra time. A bit of a sort of uh, just rubbing salt into the wounds, if you like. But the Phoenix couldn't find a way to goal. And their Achilles heel is their defence. They concede way too many goals. They've conceded the most in the league. So... Uh, Central Coast have learned how to unpick that Wellington Phoenix defence. Yeah, David, they say in Rugby League that defence wins your championships and uh, letting those four goals in yesterday, where does Coach Tale go from here with the final side? Yeah, interesting, because it's the same in football. Defences typically win your leagues. Um, you know, scoring goals is sort of the, the glamour stuff, but the hard work stuff after that. I think he's got to find a way to stop those goals leaking uh, He's got a couple of problems, really. He's running out of players in terms of injury and COVID and the like. Um, so he's thin on his squad, but he has to sort of firm up his defensive midfield and his back three uh, to make themselves a side that are going to be tough to beat. If not, they will concede too many. 43 goals conceded in 22 matches. Mm. Way too many. Way too many to go uh, on and deep into the playoffs. Sitting fifth, they only have to stay in the top six. So there's plenty for them to play for, but he has to find... I think the answer in that midfield and defensive area where they do the, the hard work. Is it a case of, of just a, are you able to share some detail of where they could probably fix that up? Is it a formation? Is it communication? Is it a, a, one of those fixes of just not work hard enough for each other? Like, What do you think it comes down to with the defence? Is it, is it a mental attitude or, or is it an easy fix? I think that's not easy for him, but Talley's a good coach. I think he's running low on mm. stock, if you like. The playing stock runs low for him. Mm. Remember, he lost uh, Rufa in the heart of that midfield, then lost uh, Clayton Lewis, two guys who are mainstays of what I'd call sort of a, a hard-working centre of the midfield. And at the moment, he's got a couple of luxury players. The Mexican Davila is a bit of a luxury player uh, in the middle of the park, so they're trying to fit him in because he's creative going forward but doesn't offer anything in sort of that uh, in that in that back half of the field, so he really is going to have to think about his formation. He changes at half time on the weekend. Uh, he's very astute, perfectly the best coach going around. So if anyone can do it, um, he may have to look to sort of a formational shift just to get his his balance right. He just hasn't quite got it defensively in the back half of the field, and he hasn't got a lot of options to play with. So look for some creativity from Ufuktale as he lines up next week. Uh, I think it's against Western Sydney, isn't it? So uh, a match again that they can target to stay in playoff country. 
Yeah, David, he's obviously a good coach. He's 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 kept them in the six um, under trying circumstances with COVID and and the loss of players and bits and pieces. But for you, you know, let's let's talk about building the side into like you know a top two side. Where do you go to? Like, what players in the competition do you look at to strengthen that defensive side up? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, he's got a lot of young Kiwis playing there at the moment, and they will get better. I mean, Finn Sermon uh, still a teenager playing in the back. Uh, so he'll be better for the season, there's no doubt about that. Um, players coming off, Ben Wayne, another one who's sort of coming off the bench at the moment, who will better as time progresses. Um, old and midfield came off and sort of worked hard. But I think he really has to add to me that um, that one probably player at the centre of defence, just to give them some cover, to give them sort of something there. And I think they'd need to add something in the middle and midfield uh, if they look to sort of push on next season. Look, be clear, from my perspective, this side playing playoff football is overperforming. Um, they've been away from home and they've been thin on stocks. They haven't been able to get their, their marquee players from overseas in this season. I think they probably need to look at that for next. What about the supporters? Like, look at 18,000 at Sky Stadium. You never see that for any Super Rugby, any sort of, of rugby match, and they've you know drawn 18,000. So the supporters, they're right behind this team. What do you think it is about the Wellington Phoenix that they're able to, to draw so many numbers and so many supporters. And do you see that heading to Eden Park? They take on uh, Western Sydney Wanderers at Eden Park next Monday. You see that? Uh, I think bit could, of a packed stadium up there? Yeah, I think they could dream of getting that kind of fan base along in Auckland, but a, a good crowd, anything sort of <laughs> north of that 10, 15,000, I think would be, would, be, would be a good result for them. They have got a great fan base in Wellington. They've got that yellow fever crowd who come wind, rain, as I said. They'll be there week in, week out, supporting their side no matter what. Um, but they've also got that sort of, uh, what I would say, that a bit of a, a, a variance on the sporting landscape. We've got lots of rugby being played, um, and, and this just mm. provides a little bit of a, a little bit of sort of variance. Variant. I'll tell you what was remarkable yesterday, the amount of families that were there, kids, um, and the amount mm. of merchandise. Oh, the place was full of Nick stuff. So they probably only had one game to sell all their merchandise, but I think they would have gone pretty close yesterday. <laughs> there were flags, cards, T-shirts flying out the door. Well, put the good word in yeah, for me. No, put you... the good word in for me, Dave. If they need a goalkeeper, just uh, I'm quite happy to throw my boots <laughs> back on. Yeah, I'll let Ollie Sale know that you're breathing down his neck. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, appreciate you on the show, mate, David. Uh, thanks for your for your chat about the ones in Phoenix, and uh, hopefully they can go a little bit better when they take on uh, the Western Wanderers over in, in Auckland and Eden Park in a week's time, mate. Thanks very much. Have a good day. Yeah, thanks. No drama, boys. I think, with that in mind, boys, the Wellington Phoenix fans must be pretty close to... uh, Kempe, you said it. They could be, hands down, the most disappointed because they're a good side this year and they haven't watched Mm. watched them play in so long. So then to see them offer that up when they come home, it's like like a nail, really. It's like you stood on a nail and you're like, oh, man, that is brutal. Like, they just... They are a good side. They've got it sorted out. So when they go to Eden Park, I think before they head back, they would desperately want to turn in a good performance. 100%. I think that's probably the best thing that could happen to them at this stage of the year in that you're coming home in front of your home fans, you've been away for two years, you get a good spanking and a real, real good wake-up call. You know what I mean? So coming to Eden Park, good good game, Western Sydney. I'm just thinking what I'm doing on Monday night to see if I might actually go down because I don't mind watching a good game of soccer. Um, yeah, I think I think get to that game. Like, if you want to go and watch a good game of soccer, I reckon the Phoenix will turn it on. Love it. 
I think maybe we should go on an expedition. SNZ. We should go and take the take take Check the trophy. You in the goalkeep, Gibby. <laughs> hey, give us a crack at it. At Come left on. to right, eh? You're confident, <laughs> aren't you? Love it. No knees. I love it. <laughs> you wouldn't be you wouldn't be wanting to run into the six yard box, mate. Coming in to head that ball in, and I'm right in front of you. Oh, <laughs> I'm telling you, no, no, that, I, that's that's true. We'll speak on behalf of it. That's it's not something you necessarily would want want to do. Five minutes away from me on the other side, uh, we're going to catch up with Cam George, boys. Izzy, that was your choice. Warriors fans, if you were the CEO this morning, mm. how many calls would you be making, mate? Would you, what would you be doing? Oh, I think he would have made not not this morning. I think all yesterday afternoon he would have been asking questions. But like, yeah, Kibby said, like they, they can't change it. They can't just going forward. Hopefully, they can realise that they are getting the rubber the green and can see a bit of a difference. I'm expecting them to be fired up. Well, um, if not, Kempi or myself are going to fire him right up, mate. So we have a chat to him very very shortly coming up. Cameron George talking all things Warrior. Warriors and that loss. Anyway, back shortly, eh, eh Louis? Yeah, and we'll uh, look if we get short on a question, I know what Kempi will ask. You guys signing Cameron Munster? <laughs> <laughs> and before we get into it, maybe I'll ask Cameron George this text message on the text machine from Jamie. Great show, guys. Refing was Kempi. I'm wondering why the Warriors are. Well, it was shocking, let's be honest. But, <laughs> Kempi, I'm wondering why the Warriors are waiting so long to come home. The next five rounds are tough, but we could have played the Raiders and Rabbitohs at Mount Spart for a huge advantage. That is from Jamie. Well, we'll ask the question to Cameron George, and no doubt he's probably been asked that question many a time. So who will have the answer for you? After a productive few weeks, the Warriors' win streak came to a halt yesterday afternoon when the Roosters got the rub of the green at the Sydney Cricket Ground while fans were in disbelief. With the officiator, Nathan Brown was more disappointed in some of the attack offered from his side. Back here in NZ, CEO Cameron George was watching on, and he's on the line now. Morning, Cam. Good morning, boys. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, quick quick reaction to, to yesterday's performance. We, we listened to Nathan Brown's uh, post-match um, conversation in the conference, post-match conference, and... Uh, he didn't really say too much. He was more more blaming the, the players and the team for what unfolded yesterday. But what's your first uh, summation of the match, mate? Yeah, look, it was it was tough going. Um, you know, the boys, you know, the boys had a crack, which is really good. Uh, but you know, I haven't heard Brownie's post match uh, uh, discussions yet. But um, look, there's, there's some decisions we probably could have made better as a footy team, and. That's what you can't afford to do against uh, against teams like the Roosters. That Roosters, you just got to be spot on. So, anyway, um, you know the key is there's some really good signs there. We've just got to get it right. That's simple. And um, I know Brownie and that will get back to work today and and review that and get on with the show for next week. Cam Kempe here, mate. First six rounds of the competition. You happy with the way the team's going? Uh, it could be better, Kempe. To be honest. Um, now, there's a few early games there that we just missed, and they're the games you can't afford to miss. Uh, they're the ones you want to put in the bank and get the two points. But then the boys, um, you could see with Shawnee in the spine, with Reese and that starting to gel a bit better and understand each other. And as you well know, you know, having a spine together for longer minutes uh, gets you better results. And I was happy then starting to see a real build upon a platform that, that saw some consistency. Mm-hmm. And I thought our middles were really starting to shape up. Um, and then, you know, missing Lodgie yesterday and Jazz getting suspended. You know, they're things you can't afford to have happen. So uh, if we get them back on the park, 
I think we'll look back on the first six, seven rounds and go, we could have done a bit better, but we, you know, we've got a few wins to work on. Yeah, look, your middle's going real good. Um, <clears throat> uh, for Noah Blake has been outstanding there, leading the side around the pitch. What um, what do you what do you take on Reese Walsh's game uh, with Sean back on the side? Are you happy with the way that he's developing? Oh, I thought he's um, you know, Sean's been instrumental in bringing him along okay, but he's got a. Uh, um, Reese is uh, he's going to take a deep breath and really plan the way he wants to play. But I mean, that's taken Reese's natural ability away. You know, like he's Sean's game managing, and, and Reese is just having a a real crack at playing some footy. But um, at times. I think we've just got to get back into a bit of a game plan and sort of execute a, you know, an outcome that's going to be better for, you know, for everyone. But, um, you know, he's just a kid still learning. He's full of enthusiasm. He's the first to sit up the front of the room, can be in reviews and ask questions and, you know, talk to the team about things. So he's, he's got a package here. It's just, it's just learning, um, I suppose, when to push the button and when not to. Mm, I'm seeing him. He's getting really busy, yeah, particularly that that play with you know just out of nothing inside to from Sean Johnson, and he just does that kick. So he can create anything out of nothing, and that's what I love about about Reece Rolls. But today we we started the conversation uh, at the start of the hour, the six o'clock hour, about the officiating and about some of those calls in the match, and uh, particularly in that second half, it was five one penalty count in the first half. They come out, they they get three straight. Probably fair enough. They discipline let them down but just some of those calls particularly Reese Walsh when he uh, got the ball stripped out of him they scored the try with Arthurs and then I think it was Ada Fanua Blake with that strip just some of those calls mate for you uh, you fr- you must be frustrated and, and are we going to see anything from, from the referees uh, on these kind of calls in the match I know for me as a fan and supporter it isn't the first time it's been happening for years we just haven't been getting the rub of the green yeah, look, it's it's difficult to take on behalf of our fans and our footy club. Absolutely, there's some calls there that are, you know, very questionable or, or we certainly don't agree with. But, um, you know, we'll review that today. And if we need to go to the NRL, we will. But I think I'm better off to leave that there and uh, just go through the process uh, internally and, and ask the right questions if we have to. Yeah, good on you, Will Cam. they own it? Will they own it? Kim, I just want to ask you, will they own it though? Like, will they come uh, out and, and own that they've got it wrong and, and say it? Well, because from any well, mate, normal they, human you know, being, they, you can they see they got Graham it wrong. Manners, Graham, yeah, Graham Mendesley will come out at some stage this week and following their reviews and, um, you know, they'll say A, B and C was right. The rest were wrong. Mm. And, and but I mean, that by then we're, we're naming a team for next week, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's how quick you've got to move on with it. Yeah, that's exactly that's right. Hey Cam, I just um, I don't know. Robbo probably called you, mate, after he bumped into me again on 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 the uh, on the St Mary's Trail. Yes, uh, when was that? Saturday morning, and he let a cat out of the bag, mate. Apparently, got a couple of big signings coming in um, hot. Is one of those Cam <laughs> Munster? <laughs> no, mate. We uh, we've got a thing called the salary cap, um, but we uh, look. I don't know what Robbo had said, but um, I'll just watch his space and uh, hopefully in the next week or two we can we can have a chat and um, talk about some individuals. But we've got a, just a little bit of finalisation to have on some uh, some people who bring a lot to our squad over the next couple of years. Nice, nice. Can, can you take us on a little Easter hunt? Can you go take us on a little Easter hunt? Drop a, drop a few little clues or something like that, Kim? Wait a Currently, currently registered as an NRL player. <laughs> does he does he wear a number nine jersey? Is what I want to know. 
Oh, it could be upside down. It could be. Oh, it might be Munster. Might be Smith. Okay, you got me. You got me. You got me both sides of that. Hey, Cam. Hey, listen. You've got the boys coming home to play the Tigers uh, in round sixteen. It's going to be a. You know, we looked at the Phoenix yesterday. Eighteen thousand people down there. Uh, pretty disappointed for the Phoenix losing 4 0, but it must be exciting coming home. Plus, the staff here, must be a big shout out to them for Dave Curran and, and the office keeping it running. Mm. Um, you must be really looking forward to that happening. Yeah, exactly. Hence why we were able to get home this week and just put all the all the tickets on sales you know, this week, which has been going fantastic. And I think we've only got a few thousand left. Um, but look, we are. We're, we're very excited. Yeah, it, I'm a little bit frustrated because. Um, you know, at the start of the year, well, November last year, when our government, New Zealand, um, you know, laid out this 12-month plan to reopen the country, um, you know, for us, we had to go and make our plans, as, as you'd appreciate, and, and those were to play in Australia. Um, it wasn't until July that she said, the, the Prime Minister, that we wouldn't be, you know, open for business again. Um, so we had to go and commit the stadiums, we had to go and commit the schooling and, and offices and everything in Australia and you just can't backflip what the government had done so much in the last six months and it's really it's locked us into July in Australia um, otherwise you know we potentially could have come back early and played games um, but look we're so excited about coming home in July and I uh, can't wait the boys are so pumped um, and mm. you know we're really looking forward to the the opportunity to play at our sacred home ground firstly and in front of our great fans. Yeah, no, we can't wait to have you home, man. I know you spoke, uh, you made some comments uh, maybe a month or so ago about next year going forward when the NRL is, uh, is planned, maybe having potentially all the games away and home in New Zealand. Do you, do you expect, uh, have you got any traction from that from the NRL? I know a lot of the teams over there were agreeing with you and, and said it would be great. And then for you guys to be able to travel around New Zealand, are we going to expect some other games in different parts of the country? Yeah, I hope so. Um, having some really productive conversations with other footy clubs and so on, they're, they're all really open to it. Mm. One of the biggest challenges we've got next year, which could help us, um, the FIFA World Cup is on in Australia and New Zealand. Mm. A lot of the stadiums are, are blocked out uh, for two or three months. So your Suncorps, your Melbournes, uh, Sydney, the new stadium in Sydney and so on, um, are all blocked out. So there are some teams looking to, uh, you know, looking to play games elsewhere. So just having a few chats, trying to work out what that looks like. Um, but equally over here, you've got Eden Park blocked out and Wellington blocked out. So um, there, there is some chance that we could get a few more games. Um, and I'm working hard on that as we speak. And hopefully uh, we get some good support from local government over here. And that helps it uh, happen, let me tell you. It's good to see you. So you're really embedded in the game now, Kim. I just want to ask this question from a you know, purist as far as the the game in the country. What what's your horizon look like as far as the game across the board in New Zealand? Like you know, the worries are really good for the game, and winning is absolutely out. You know, that a few guys are winning. Rugby league people are just going crazy every day. But as far as the game on a whole, what's your what's your, what's your horizon look like for the worries and development? Mate, in that space, um, you know, a lot of it hasn't been seen. And Kempi, you're close to the the coalface here in Auckland and, and other parts. But you know, COVID's really impacted on the you know the participation numbers. I suspect, and also you know the ability to get out and play footy day in day out because of lockdowns and so on. So 
we've invested, you know, more time and money just into getting our structures right um, in terms of resourcing and so on. We are totally and absolutely committed to investing more time and money into representative structures. So, you know, we're speaking at the moment with negotiations in New South Wales Rugby League about what teams we can put into their competitions next year, i.e. New South Wales Cup, a jersey flag, potentially an SG ball team as well. Uh, we're looking, you know, closely at what the, the NRLW competition is going to look like over the next couple of years. So what we want to be is a retail shop front for every young kid in New Zealand wanting to play, play rugby league. Now, you know and I know we can't keep them all, but we want to inspire that generation mm. to play rugby league. And if we can have more and more teams on TV or more and more teams playing in elite competitions in the trans-Tasman sense, uh, hopefully we can inspire kids to play in the Auckland Rugby League or in the Southland Rugby League or wherever they live in New Zealand and hopefully they all channel through and come up to the representative structure we offer. Um, yeah. That's something that we're really passionate about, uh, but it's something New Zealand Rugby League need to get off their backsides about and start driving some things as well. Yeah, 100%. I think Auckland Rugby League play a massive part in that too, Cam. I think a big part of this that's missing is that the New South Wales and Queensland structure, that Auckland should be the third state. Not New Zealand, Auckland should be the third state. And if we can get the NRL to invest in Auckland in the competitions, then the Warriors will have definite pathways coming through. Um, Unfortunately, now they don't they don't um, exist. We don't have high school competitions through the 16s, 18s, and coming out into the 20s into our senior football, which is pretty. Um, I guess it's it's raw, it's grassroots. But if we get the support from the NRL that can help fund some sustainable schools competitions and those ju- those junior competitions from 20s through to seniors, I can actually see the benefit of the country on the back of it coming up and supporting a structure and keeping those 500 to 1,000 kids back here in New Zealand. So um, we've done a lot of work at that with the Auckland Rugby League. I know you've, you've, you've been um, connected with Rebecca Russell, the new CEO of the Auckland Rugby League. She looks like she's doing, going to be able to do a fantastic job. With that, with that in mind, what's a, what do you have in your structures at the moment? I know that you've got Grant Pocklington in there running your junior structures along with Tony Edel. What, what are, you, are you happy with the calibre of players that you're able to keep in New Zealand at the moment? Are we in, are we in, in good health as far as our junior structures? Oh, look, I wouldn't say, you know, definitely happy with the kids that we're, we're signing from within, but the last three years, and, and, and this is a real, this is, a real um, a real conversation that we have with players. For the last three years, we haven't been able to offer a 15 or 16-year-old kid the opportunity to play wearing the Warriors jumper in the big competitions, SG Ball, Harold Matz and so on. At the same time, they're having a, com- a conversation with, use the Roosters as an example, they can provide that opportunity. Just move to Sydney and off you go. So we've got to start again, mate, next year. I buy into everything you're saying and I'm excited to sit down with you. So how do we rebirth, relaunch this whole structure, whole pathway system and get it right from now? COVID's presented us with a great opportunity to do that, but we need some people to forget about the past and create the future. And uh, we need some hard decisions to be made. And I like what you're saying because it's no different to New South Wales or Queensland. If you want to play in the best footy, you've got to move to the city. And, and you've maybe got, that's an awkward scenario. And you've got to move the post, and you have to be courageous to do that. And I've said that to Correct. Abdo. I've sent him an email, and I've said that it's going to take a really courageous decision to do this, but I'm pretty sure you've got the people in this country now that will get behind it and support it. Hey, Cameron, it's been wonderful talking to you. Um, you know, 
could tell Robbo I didn't throw him under the bus. So I, I tried to get the players out of him, but I know that's your job. I'm looking forward to <laughs> to hearing over the next week what those signings are. And the, either the number six, or he said it might be upside down, might be a number nine. Who knows? Um, have a have a good day, mate. Welcome home. Yeah, cheers. Thanks, guys, and catch up next time I'm back. That was great. I, I want I want that audio. Kimpy, are you about to run through the wall? I am, mate. I, you're like, my, look, my passion currently flexing his muscles through the camera. My passion currently, you know, since I since I went to court and Joe's the, terrified right now. <laughs> since I went to court in '89 and took the New Zealand Rugby League to court, they missed the boat on the the growth of our country. The New Zealand Rugby League sat back and they should have built competitions in this country to rival New South Wales and Queensland. Instead, they sold the game out. Okay, and what they need to do now, they need the NRL to come in and help us build the the competitions that are going to be sustainable. So, I like what Cam said. Uh, it's put us in a really good position. Hopefully, we can carry that conversation on. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. You're loving what Cam George has said. And uh, who would it be? Who is it? They're signing a standoff. Kimpy said, "Do you have a hooker?" And he said, "Maybe upside down." I've just looked through all the players <laughs> available next season off contract. Imagine if they got Kieran Foran back. No, Imagine if that I, was the signing. You want, you, want, you want where my money is on it straight away? Yeah, Dylan Brown. Okay, Dylan Brown. Is that who you think? Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. That's the Kennard's Hire phone line. And if you're a Warriors fan, one word to describe the refereeing yesterday. One word to describe the officiating yesterday. Izzy's got his up after this. Baz and Izzy for breakfast with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Yeah, look, another Saturday was meant to be a massive three-headed beast of Thoroughbred racing meets for New Zealand, but dangerously high winds put a very sharp end to that when Riverton was abandoned. It's one of the great South Island meetings, um, and the River, uh, which is the Riverton Carnival, and they are back there for another crack today with a huge car. That's 12 races down there, Louis, so... Uh, we've got Sam Wynn with us, who's a wonderful South Island-based rider and who recently came back to riding after a layoff. She's on the line with us right now and ready to have that busy day that we're talking about. Morning, Sam. Morning, lads. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. You got a winner for us today, Sam? Straight to the point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no beating around the bush there. Um, well, I have 10 rides, so hopefully there is one amongst them now. Oh, okay. What? So I'll just back you in a multi ten rides. <laughs> no, different. <yeah. laughs> just keep going. Now, um, I'm hoping I'll win the fourth and stay, stay, start the day off right. You know. Oh, nice, nice. And the wins yesterday. Just take us through that. What happened? Um, look, we we tried riding it, uh, taking it race by race. Um, after the fourth race, we all got called in. Um, just people were expressing their concerns. Um. But we said we'll we'll give another crack in another race, and then we um, waited an hour to try, you know, to try and do our best for everybody on course. Um, but the wind seemed to have gotten worse. Even um, the stewards were getting blown down off their tower, and um, yeah, so we just couldn't continue, which is unfortunate because it was a, a lovely day, you know, apart from the wind. Sam, you're you're from a part of the world which is uh, susceptible to the cold, but my spies on track were telling me the wind. Yeah, it was a lovely day, but that wind was polar and that was freezing. When you're yeah. when you're riding and you're actually travelling it, however fast you go, does that just get into your bones? Not really. It's probably more more so when you're waiting around at the start um, and you're not moving. But in the race, like you, um, you don't feel much at all. Adrenaline gets you through a lot. <laughs> And, and as a jockey, when when they do have to abandon a meeting, how do you, how do you deal with that? Were you were you okay with it? Does it wreck your preparations um, going into this uh, meeting today? 
Yeah, it wasn't ideal to be honest, because like, I'm I'm a bit on the chubby side compared to most jockeys. So uh, I was I hadn't eaten like probably for going mm. on thirty uh, four uh, probably twenty four hours to start with, and then um, so that was just for the cup race. So we were prolonging it all day. But um, I was I was probably having a feed by the time the, the cup race was on. So I wasn't complaining then, but ideally I like to get the races out of the way. So you know the the wasting kind of stops, but. Um, yeah, it's it's not great, but at the same time, safety is paramount, you know. Wow, you weren't eating, and I was stuffing my face with a roast pork and a roast lamb. Sorry, <laughs> is he? Don't worry, I'm going to make up for it. I'm going to Queenstown after today, so I'm going to for it. <laughs> oh, beautiful, beautiful. Tell us, tell us about the season. You, you, you're enjoying the season. I'm just having a wee look. You've had a couple of wins. You're 11 wins. Are you, are you happy with where you're at? At the moment, um, well, look where I'm at. Yes, I'm happy. Um, I, I was out for five months. Um, due to the, mm. the mandate. So once the mandate got dropped, I was delighted. Um, so I'm allowed back to work. Um, I'm a little bit behind eight ball, but I'm enjoying making up the ground. I've, I've kept fit and kept working throughout. Um, but nothing can beat that race fitness. So, um, I'll get where I need to be very, very soon. But I'll enjoy it while I'm while I'm doing it. You know, that's that's my main focus at, at the moment. It's just to enjoy my work and, um, yeah, I'm I'm appreciating being back anyway. I think everybody else is appreciating having you back as well, Sam. You're a delight and you're uh, a lot of fun. So now the the Riverton Cup today, it's a it is a ripper. It's actually a really even field. You've got Dunhill, who I thought. If the track is still heavy, and, and you might know more than me, is it wouldn't it dry it out too much? If they had any more moisture, do you still? I think it was going to be a heavy eight on Saturday. How far away would we be from that? And do you think Dunhill's a red hot chance in the cup? Um, look, I I fancy him a lot after that rain overnight Friday night. Um, but I think the track has dried out. Um, it brings other horses into it with a bit of a bad chance. But I I like my fella to be honest. He'll be doing his best work late, and he seems to have a bit of class. So. Um, I watch his videos thoroughly, and um, he seems to be a lovely horse. So hopefully I gel with him, and he puts his best foot forward. Um, he's definitely a, a rising star, that's for sure. Yeah, they've, they've got a they've got a real good team, the Tylers at the moment, and I know they're trying to take a few to Australia. The last one that there's a lot of bully about Prince Albie in the last, and um, yeah, so much so that even the CEO of New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing was tipping it out. Hey Sam, just last, no. la, just la, last one. Do you did you have any issue building those partnerships and relationships back up with trainers, or you've just you're well established enough now that you've got enough rides to come back to? Because ten rides on a busy day, like that's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot to be honest. Um, look, I'm very lucky, and uh, I've got had great support throughout um my whole time in New Zealand. Um, um, to be honest, it's probably too many rides, but there's a lot of riders out with COVID, so rather than see people stuck, um, so hopefully come the last race now, I'll, I'll be still feeling okay. But um, I have plenty of electrolytes and all little bits and bobs to help me through the day, and um, just so I can give a hundred percent, you know. But um. I'll definitely improve from the run today, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a big day. I appreciate you taking the call ahead of a big day. That's awesome of you. You're a good you're a good type, Sam. Pre- really appreciate your time. Go well and write a couple of winners, eh? Yeah, thanks very much, guys. I like what you're doing, so it's great for having me on. Thank you. No worries. That's what awesome. A, she's thanks, awesome. Sam, Sam went totally. We love ca- what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, Riverton. Oh, man, I can't wait to have Riffin now. Yeah, yeah, is he? There you go. He's back. Um <laughs> Real likable character, Sam Wynn, and, and so good to see her back riding. And she, you know what? When you have her on, you, you always feel good because she gets into them. She really gives you every chance. And she, I think she said in the first, I had a look at that, and I thought, in a maiden, 
is not really another one you'd mm. want to be on. Uh, barrier eight to start the day. The form enough, it's good around. Leave it to me. Uh, and I think Sam Wynn can get us off to a flyer in the first. And in the last, how about Ooh. we try bookend it? Prince Albie, this is a very smart guy. He's drawn wide, but the Tyler's, uh, Kevin, Calvin Tyler has a huge opinion of him. He's taking him to Australia, the Sacred Fools cult, and Bruce Sherrick was tipping him out on Friday's show. So Prince Albie, there we go, one for the first and one for the last. I like one in race eight, Lily. I like one in race eight, Cannoli. Cannoli fresh up. Two and one. That's what loves a soft track. It's had two wins in a couple of places, so I'm going to go that. Paying nine bucks. That is my look. I've had a wee look at her races, and that excites me. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.